0: You're listening to Behind the Wheels with Doug Mason, Dave Walters, and Mike Yeagley. This is a show where we talk about heavy truck and medium-duty axles. Doug, Dave, and Mike bring close to 100 years of experience and expertise in the transportation business. Join us once a month to learn new things about axles. Sponsored by Alcoa Wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation. Well, hello. Uh, welcome to another episode of Behind the Wheels. I'm Mike Yeagley. I'm Dave Walters and uh, this is a, a sort of a special another special episode of behind the wheels uh, today we're going to be interviewing uh, Jamie Hagan uh, also known as Mac Lovin big guy in the trucking community we, we sort of reached out to him through our roving reporter Reluca Pascu uh, she's also our producer We wanted to sort of get a feel for what's going on out there in the field Hey Dave you're closer much much closer to the fleets than I am. What are you hearing from the fleets? How are they doing with this, with the lockdown, with the safety, and how's this whole pandemic affecting them? As far as your what you're hearing?
1: Uh, I mean, the ones that I've talked to, I mean, they put in a lot of safety regulations into their drivers, and they really take this so serious. So I mean, it's really changed the world of trucking, and. There's no longer the contact, a lot of uh, electronic billing, and a lot of non-contact. And, you know, we've all had to change our lives in this pandemic, and uh, hopefully uh, this is a great episode to kind of give you an insight from a real owner-operator that's out there experiencing this every day.
0: Fantastic. I'm really interested to hear what Jamie has to say. I'm looking forward to this one. Without any more uh, waiting, let's hear from Jamie. This is... uh... Raluca Pascu uh, from Alcoa Wheels, uh, talking with Jamie Hagan, owner-operator.
2: Welcome to the Behind the Wheels podcast. I'm Raluca Pascu, and today is uh, May 1st, 2020, and our guest is Jamie Hagan. Jamie is a respected um, trucking professional, owner of Hellbent Express, and today he is also called a frontline worker, first responder, and a hero to many as we battle in the war against the COVID-19. Um, Jamie, on behalf of uh, the team here at Alcoa Wheels, I, I wanted to personally thank you for you know, your sacrifices that you've made to you know, really keep America moving. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. We wanted to talk to someone that has a firsthand experience as a small operator uh, during this pandemic. With that, um, Jamie, please tell us a few things about yourself, and then I want to hear first what, what is life on the road like these days for you, and some examples of the impact the pandemic is having on you and your operation. I want to hear the good and bad. I hope there's some positive things happening out there as well.
1: Well, thank you. We use the term uh, professional uh, loosely here. i <laughs> <laughs> uh, been in the trucking industry my whole life. My dad was a truck driver slash farmer, so kind of ingrained into me, like most kids here in the Midwest. And I started driving when I was 16, so I've been been in it a while now, over 30 years. Some of the things that I've seen, I guess, in these uh, recent times, a lot of things have changed, obviously, over the last 30 years, but the biggest thing I've seen change is some of the techniques or the procedures that a guy has to use, you know, doing things anymore, you know, uh, I'd like to see people wrap their head around the, the safety aspect of this and, and we can all get back to work. I'd love to have my business uh, not fail because of it. I've lost 40% of my business and I, I'm in the food industry as well. It's just people aren't ordering food like they used to. You know, They say that people now do more at home, obviously, than restaurants and stuff. So just how food is being made or sold has changed so it's, it's created this whole influx in the business. Interesting. S- strange times.
2: So one would think I thought, wow, lucky for those guys that haul food these days. Um, I thought things would be the opposite, but I guess I had a misconception on that. So you have seen changes on the way supply chain has shifted things for you guys and the way people changed behavior. It's true. I just ordered some plants myself. I'm going to grow some tomatoes and cabbage and you name it on my deck.
1: Well, I do a lot in the, um, I'm a food grade tanker hauler. So I'm like a main ingredient hauler. Uh, Some of the businesses that we go to have seen an increase and then Some have seen a decrease. You know, a lot of places that we go to, we haul food draws. So sodas have taken kind of a hit. Candy, obviously. A lot of your stuff that you would have bought going to a convenience store, probably. Stuff like that, potato chips, you know what I mean? They're sort of the guys that took the the bigger hit, I think. And this is just an assumption because I've seen the the loads that I would have done to them decrease. So, yeah, I think people are eating more, like, what can you make at home (laughs) kind of stuff. Most of that stuff you would get from a reefer or, you know, drive-in, you know what I mean, versus a guy like me in the, uh, like I said, main ingredient tanker hauling industry.
2: When you talked about safety, what exactly you had in mind? Can you um, expand on that?
1: What I've seen now at a lot of shippers and the receivers, you know, A, not letting drivers into their facility at all. Being in the food grain industry, obviously there was plenty of protocols to keep us uh, food safety in other words they didn't just let you in the plant without like say a hair net or a beard net or anything like that or even clean hands it's just they limited your section now they won't let you in at all now they want you to call them in advance they'll meet you outside a lot of the situations where they even have hand washing stations now and like a driver's lounge in the sense that they have a tent so before they used to come into their facility and maybe you'd sit in that area with uh, some chairs and some vending machines and a bathroom. Now they have a portage on outside with a hand washing station and a tent. You know what I mean? So they're yeah. keeping you outside and they're staying inside and you're limiting your exposure. A lot of the places I used to have to sign the bill lady. Now they electronically sign it for me. They you know what I mean? Like they're just limiting the human-to-human interaction, which, you know, now that we're looking at it and saying it, it, it's actually, in a way, has speeded up the process, it's made it less lengthy, and it's more convenient, Mm -hmm. and it's safe, maybe this is something we probably should have been doing all along, especially in the food industry. That's definitely a positive, but I think you're gonna start seeing more of that. We're changing how we do business.
2: Yeah, yep, well, some of these changes that came out of this, bad situation i see it's just on personal front you know i'm probably gonna be able to order more online i don't need to Drive every time I want to get something, or maybe we, my employer will say, Yeah, go go ahead, work from home. Uh, we don't have to congest the traffic. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of these forced us to learn something of valuable that can be helpful uh, to us once we put this coronavirus behind us. So, that's a good example. I, I hope that continues for you guys. Tell me about I'm always curious. I'm sitting home, I, I'm in a bubble. How is traffic for you guys? Uh, It was definitely a a change in in congestion once the stay-at-home orders were in place. Is that still the case? Are you seeing a little bit of change? People are out and about more?
1: Not that I've counted cars or anything, but uh, there's more people out and about than there was when this first whole stay-at-home order came into play. Still, the traffic has really been amazing. As a truck driver, all I can say is it's it's made my life a lot easier, mainly in large cities, obviously. In, it, in my part of the world here in South Dakota, I haven't seen much of any change. But then again, there's not that many people out here. But when you, like, say, go through Chicago like I did on a daily basis, now there's – almost no traffic backups of any kind you can go right through the dave ryan and and never even hardly touch the brake you know you can almost set the cruise control and go right through town whereas before you know on any given moment not even rush hour there was plenty of backups you know So it's made my job faster, more efficient. It's made my life easier from that standpoint. That's what I was hoping to see is change. You know, through this all, like, even safety, but even, like, in this aspect, like you said, does it change people working from home? And we weren't going to do that change because it was just more convenient to do it the way we've always done it. Yes. But now that we're forced to change, it makes people see it in a different light and maybe Good things will come of it you know what i mean more efficiencies and and more uh,
2: more safety even, more you know safety. I mean? like yes yes yeah.
1: if we end up the summer going back to business as usual i would imagine a gas stays cheap that the, the roads will just be congested again but just yeah. the, the productivity in that standpoint it's you know
2: i know you guys are getting so much attention right now it's sometimes you know almost like i hope it stays and it continues because you guys don't just stop or start uh, helping when bad things happen. You guys are always doing the work that you do to get stuff for us on the shelves. I mean, I don't know what would happen if you all truckers would stop hauling.
1: That was my biggest fear, you know what I mean? Uh, with uh, having a conversation with my wife about this, I said, you know, it's really my biggest fear is if it's the covid spread throughout the trucking industry and uh, which wouldn't take much you know what i mean we all kind of use the same spots you know we we all go to the same truck stops i'd love to see those figures from uh, these travel plazas how many thousands of drivers in a day come through there you know what i mean how many they serve could be a crazy number because i just from sitting there an hour you, you see hundreds of guys come through or, or drivers i should say plenty of females up there as yes. But so my fear was like, what happens if it spreads like wildfire through this industry and guys are just sick or, you know, the ultimate sacrifice? What does our nation look like at that point? Legitimately, I, I've never needed a pat on the back from people. This is my job. I do it because I want to. And I, and, but it's nice getting the pat on the back. But my fear has always been because I see how trucking is the lifeblood. It's legitimately how America works. Other countries, trucking isn't such a big thing. As people grow things locally, they do things locally. You know, their economy is based on what is there now. I mean, living in South Dakota, nothing's made here. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like everything. You know, we make corn and cows. You know what I mean? That's what we make here. Everybody else makes something else. So we bring in industry here, and we take agriculture out. You know, that's our trade-off. I told my wife, I said, you know, if it were to stop, you know what I mean? Within days, you would see shortages, and within weeks, there would be nothing. Once that vacuum starts, and how hard it would be to get it back online. I mean, you see it, obviously, like when there's a hurricane and things get destroyed and you got to have FEMA come in and they literally got to start throwing, you know, like just water at people and, and, and supplies and just trying to keep people alive. And I said, now imagine that on a nationwide scale and you couldn't keep up with it. That was my biggest fear throughout all of this. People staying at home, you know, we could limit it, you know, but these guys and gals couldn't. Correct. That worst case scenario happened.
2: Yeah. No, no, it's it's scary. It's a scary thought. It's worse than uh, we could possibly imagine. I don't know. We've taken you know, you take things for granted but if that should happen I'd be just uh really disaster. So what do you do? Like, how do you keep yourself safe, Jamie? What do you do? What do you other see people do? You know, there's a lot of uh, opinions, gloves, no gloves, put the mask, no mask, wash your hands. Well, how do you keep yourself safe?
1: Well, there's definitely a lot of opinions. Yes. (laughs) uh, But what I'm doing is I got a mask, Um, I started with an N95 mask because nobody was wearing masks, and now I've moved to a cloth one that I purchased online. And I wear that pretty much everywhere. I'm hoping that that becomes sort of the standard throughout the summer and fall here. Hopefully, there'll come a day where we can stop wearing them. But I just figured at this point, we just need to try it. We, we tried to stay at home and everybody, you know, not do anything, and now we're going back to work. But I started wearing the mask. I didn't wear gloves. Uh, I did have hand sanitizer. I limited what I would touch. I'd always use my sleeve of my mm-hmm. jacket or long sleeve shirt or whatever to grab a handle. Mm-hmm. But to get out of a, a truck stop, let's say, I would use my elbow to push the door open. I just tried to limit what I touch. Certainly tried to limit my f- touching my face, but we all know it was virtually impossible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, you just be driving down the road and your eye itches or, or you know, you got an itch on your nose. And yes. Next thing you know, you, you're touching your face and you're like, oh, no. First thing I do is immediately after, like, say, fueling, I would walk in and, and wash my hands. Thank the Lord. A lot of male bathrooms don't have doors. I feel sorry for the gals because you guys do have doors for the most part. So I wouldn't have to touch a door. I never had to touch a urinal. You know what I mean? Like all these things you don't have to touch, thankfully. You know, so I was like, man, you know, like legitimately, like I don't really have to touch all that much stuff other than the fuel pump. Thank the Lord, too, again, these apps that these uh, travel centers have developed. Like, all I have to do is touch my phone now. I activate the pump, I get out, I touch the nozzle, put that in, and that's it. And I've always worn gloves for that because diesel fuel is really hard to get off your hands once it's on there. Take your gloves off, put them away, go inside, wash your hands. If you do get something to eat, uh, most of them are full service these days, you know what I mean? They will hand you your coffee, they'll hand you your stuff and uh, use a credit card. Use my knuckles to touch the pad, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you get in line with somebody, you stay back, mm-hmm. you try not to talk to them because, you know, that was the thing, you know what I mean? Like talking to somebody, you are you know, like I tell people, it, it's your humidity, the mm-hmm. water that came from you is what, you know, cause the infection to spread. So it's like, you, you try not to talk to people and you just try to nod or yes. uh, give the, the Vulcan live long <laughs> and prosper sign to people, you know?
2: <laughs> yes, we're definitely changes of behavior. We have to, and I think you guys are going to be like a good example because you've done it enough.
1: A lot of drivers I see on social media talking about how they're not going to wear a mask you know it's a free country and they have a right to not wear a mask and i said well that's true I said, I don't think the government should mandate it in any way. You know, I don't think the I don't think the government should be like, Hey, let's make our people wear this. I think there should be guidelines, but I also think businesses, since they're private, could mandate it. And, and the one driver I was speaking to about, he's like, well, that's not right. I said, well, there is a sign that says no shirt, no shoes, no service at most businesses, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And that's because some people would come in topless and barefoot, wouldn't they? <laughs> so let's, uh, I think it's just a moral obligation.
2: I think so. It's this uh, social contract. We... Like plenty of, yeah. I mean,
1: we literally could mitigate and, and slow this down without having to stay home, I think. Just with masks, everybody's just been digesting information like crazy, right? Like you're watching the news, you're reading things, you're seeing things. And I think the most common thing has been, like I said, it's a person's humidity. It, it's our moisture, the water droplets from our mouth that is really spreading it. So I'm like, well if you could cover your mouth, what comes out of your mouth doesn't fall on the floor or 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 on the shopping cart or anything that you touch then. Yeah. So how easy would that be to really bring those numbers down? And like you said, I see people all the time now wearing masks and I'm just I obviously I'm not going to say anything. It's their choice. Sure. But it would make me feel better because it, it is legitimately it's the person if we all wore masks we could you know we could slow it down. But when one person doesn't my yes. mask doesn't stop anything. You know what I mean. It's just a piece of cloth. It's just there to retain moisture coming out of my mouth. That's it. I'm just hoping once we all start doing it, it becomes more of like socially acceptable. It's socially
2: acceptable. Yeah, and it takes adapt time. Adapt with it. I think so. Take time. It's something new. Just like you know, smoking used to be cool. You'd be smoking mm-hmm, in a 100%. restaurant, and then secondhand smoking. It's probably still debated by those that still smoke. And I don't have any opinion about that, but it will take time to change those culture, the culture that we have, because like you look at the Asian cultures, you know, they wear the mask out of respect uh, when they're sick. They put on the mask, they don't want to spread the germs around. They don't wear it to protect themselves. So it will take time, but I'm thinking I have two kids, you know, and they constantly bring germs from school school shuts down in the middle of the flu right because they have to go disinfect for days if this could help us even help with the flu normal flu season by i mean heck many of us have just learned how to properly wash our hands during this
1: (laughs) yeah right
2: right. it's like uh nobody you know did that who washed their hands for 30 seconds.
1: Uh, maybe that's something that uh, helps us all in the future. Even, in the future. You know I, mean? like I hope more so. Productive. Well, as an employer, look at, I look at productivity lost, you know, anytime somebody's sick and they have to stay home, how much money do you lose? Yes. Even them, they're not getting paid. I'm not getting paid. Everybody's, you know, and that's fine. We've come to accept that, but maybe we uh, going forward with just some of these guidelines are going to help us all uh, not lose as much time off, off the job in the future.
2: I agree. And, and for a uh, office environment, you know, we have that mentality of uh, I got to go in the office. I'm fine. Because, you know, you get three more people sick and mm-hmm. take, take it home, give it to your family and here we go. That's how it all starts. I hope these things will somewhat shape the way we think about uh, our safety and each other. So you have uh, you have uh, four trucks, you said, right? Now you have four. because You just bought one. Are you still able to keep your guys employed? They're still uh, running shipments. Or how how are things uh, going? From I know you you said you lost uh, what seventy percent. You said.
1: So, I mean, everyone's keeping busy. They're staying employed and, and moving. It's just, we're not, you know, running five days a week or six days a week, so to speak. Cause you know, I was somewhat regional, regional from that aspect, you know, servicing customers in our area. It's just cut back to where you're running three days instead of getting 2,500 to 3000 miles a week. Now we're doing 1500 or just 1800, 2000 miles. You know what I mean? Like it's reduced. Yeah. Yes having good weeks and bad weeks some weeks will work all week and then the next week you, you know you work one day it's just kind of spotty like that which is not normal for spring spring for my industry is usually really productive uh, we really kick into high gear and all summer long we're just wide open busy busy kind of shocking
2: yeah it's just been very difficult situation for everyone around the world it's just uh, that's just a reality and there's no playbook there's no recipe I think uh, we're just gonna have to do our part, right? It's the attitude. What do you think from that perspective? Do you think, to hear people talk about that? Do you, I mean, I knew you just uh, went and got a truck because it was definitely a good opportunity uh, for you, but do you think the people will be confident enough to go out and buy trucks and move forward instead of you know holding tight and wait? What What do you think?
1: Just a couple of nights ago, I was sitting down with my uh, uh, my salesman that I use to buy trucks from, and uh, him and I were having this conversation. I said, "I suppose you've just been sitting around with nothing to do." And he's like, "Honestly, he's like, I've been business as usual." He goes, "I've been talking to customers, and customers have been you still need trucks." He goes, "We're still moving; you're just not moving as much. Prices have come down definitely on used trucks. That's created an opportunity where people want to purchase them."
2: Wow, very interesting. So do you think more people will enter the industry because of this?
1: well that's definitely a possibility i think you're you're gonna see people move how they do business or even how they live their lives uh like you were talking about earlier with uh pickups and deliveries. you know what I mean that Amazon's you know adding all these drivers to deliver goods. I think there's gonna be plenty of of new opportunities for that, so you're gonna see like uh delivery vehicles and stuff. That they're going to be in huge demand, so you're going to see that industry kind of take off. Over the years, if you look back at, at America, you know what I mean? You've seen how like some businesses go out of business, and the new ones enter, and then people just kind of adjust to that. And I think there's definitely an opportunity where you see some of these restaurants Mm-hmm. Uh, might close because people won't be going out like they used to, maybe, potentially. And you'll see waitresses and waiters end up being delivery people where they deliver your goods or deliver the food. I think the trucking industry is going to change from that aspect, too. I think you're going to see a lot more things going to warehouses, and you know what I mean? Like, I think the model is going to adjust. Yes. You know?
2: Yeah, so that's great because my last question was, you know, how do you see the future in trucking? You know, we've been focusing on future of trucks from, you know, electric to autonomous, self-driving. And it just seems like either those things are somewhat on hold and we'll see a completely different uh, outcome or uh, focus uh, as a result of this pandemic. I'm just even thinking, you know, my 12 year old I asked like why can't they just deliver with drones? I'm like, well, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Someday.
2: Someday. Someday
1: we'll be able to get that down uh, to, uh, to a fine science, right?
2: Uh, yes, um, yes. So, and that
1: might be what happens, you know what I mean? Like to mitigate the human contact, you know, that might actually be what happens. If we start automating more things. We'll have to just wait and see. Correct,
2: Jamie. I know you are a busy, busy guy. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I just wanted you to tell us uh, where uh, people can follow you. Uh, I I know you're, you're you have a great amount of uh, network on social, and people sometimes you know engage with you. Where can they find you? And uh, if you don't mind, telling us the the handle for that.
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Hagen, and I'm on Facebook, just my name, Jamie Hagen, on LinkedIn as well. I uh, spend a lot of time on social media simply because of the free time out there, you know, with truck drivers at night. And over the years, like one of the things that has changed a lot, it has been that social aspect. You know, we used to just be held up in those cabs all by ourselves, and now we have a a community that we can communicate with and, and learn from. And I think that's what's really changed the, the trucking industry these last this last decade is the ability to gain more information and we can all change. That's great. Very positive things.
2: Very, very positive things indeed. And uh, we love seeing those interactions. We're now somewhat part of that conversation where before we could not join your conversations Well, you had them on, you know, CB, you know, radio. And it's just the greatest thing we think that we're able to be part of what you do. Thank you for uh being out there and uh, once again stay safe and let us know if you need anything. We're here to help.
1: we Will do. Thank, Thank you. you
2: Jamie. Take care. Have a great day. You too. And Bye.
0: Sponsored by Alcoa Wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation, manufacturing and technology. Inventing the first forged aluminum wheel in 1948, its team of experts continue to develop the most lightweight, efficient, and high performing commercial vehicle aluminum wheel products. Bringing you revolutionary innovations like Alcoa DuraBright Bright Wheels, Alcoa Dura Black Wheels, the new Alcoa Wheels Hubboard Technology, and the lightest truck wheel on the market, Alcoa Ultra One 22.5 by 8.25 Wheel. Alcoa Wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation.